dial star 611 for assistance as your cellular phone is not authorized for use at this time. Pour de l'assistance, veuillez composer étoile 611. Vous n'avez pas le... Hello, podcast listener. Everything around you that you call life was made by people that were no smarter than you. And you can change it. You can influence it. You can build your own things that other people can use. The App Guy Podcasts, straight from your host, Paul the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul the App Guy. Well, hello. It's a welcome to the App Guy podcast. I'm Paul Kemp, and I've got a terrific guest in front of me uh, today. Well, in fact, not in front of me. He's in Chicago, and we're doing this over Skype. But uh, his name is Gene Backlin, and he is the owner of a company called Marizak Consulting. And he's going to tell us a lot about that. Uh, he's also in, uh, I guess he's an author, and he's written some uh, books, several books, in fact. One of them uh, is Professional iPhone and iPad Application Development, and also iPhone and iPad App, the 24-Hour Trainer, and a, a great book back in 1995, I think it was published, called Developing Next Step Applications. So we've got a wealth of experience here. We're, we're going to chat to you, Gene. We're going to get to hear your story. And I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, so perhaps you could take a minute, tell us about you, and tell us a little bit about your business. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate the uh, the contact. And uh, um, actually, the uh, Marizak Consulting uh, came around um, from a standpoint of uh, I had worked full time, and I also had worked in consulting. A majority of my career had been in consulting, and I really liked that because. You're able to help a whole bunch of different people, plus you're able to follow technology. And by following technology, sometimes in corporations, not, not saying anything bad, uh, corporations get locked in on a technology and they develop applications as well as whole systems around there. When you're in a consultant role, you can kind of keep an eye out on what the technology is, which was, for me, uh, I was doing OS2 presentation manager development at the time, and Next Step came around. And I thought this was really, really cool. So I sent in for information on there, and I got the information back. And I said, this is something I really want to get into. So you have that opening, and you have that option to be able to follow technology. And that's the good part about consulting. And in the, in the end round, when a corporation is looking for some kind of assistance, you can offer your expertise because you have been working with it. And I strongly encourage anybody getting into it uh, to even get involved in beta testing programs because you're going to get at least about two or three months worth of experience with something that when it's released, companies are going to say, hey, we're looking for somebody who has any clue on what's going on. So that's kind of the, the direction that I had taken over the course of my entire career. And it's interesting you talking about next step applications because we spoke to, uh, a, a, I guess, a developer a couple of a weeks ago, and he said he just fell in love with uh, Next Step when it first came out, and Steve Jobs was obviously a very clever guy, but what, what inspired you to, to kind of get involved in Next Step at that, that stage of your career? Uh, well, like I said, I was doing, uh, I started out uh, way, way back when, when there was things such as paper tape and teletype and batch cards, Hollerith cards, and we couldn't wait till uh, a CRT came around. When I was doing uh, OS2 Presentation Manager, uh, I did some windowing work, but uh, I like Presentation Manager because it offered a little bit more uh, at the system level. 
And it was basically the same concept, but there was a lot of programming that was going on. And one of the, the problems in the early days of, of windowing type programming, whether it be X Windows, Windows, or OS2 Presentation Manager, was the fact that a great percentage of your time was spent on the UI. Uh, they came out with tools such as a dialog box editor and stuff that would be able to uh, pre-write the RC file, the resource file that you have to pre-compile, resource compile, then compile your C and then link it all together. And if something was off, you have to go back into your RC file. So that was it. But I'd say easily 75% of your time was spent on the UI which leaves only 25% of your time to actually work on the business logic, which is why you're hired. And uh, when Next Step came around, uh, first of all, it looked great. But the idea was with Interface Builder, you weren't spending all of your time worrying about the UI. It was a smart UI. You were not just dropping widgets onto a screen. You were dropping objects onto a screen uh, with a control drag and then a double click into the inspector you were able to make that connection, which was the important thing of taking your UI and connecting it with your code. Uh, I would say easily you had switched that 75-25% around, where only 25% was being spent now on your UI, and 75% was being spent on the actual business logic. What was the end product to that? You were able to get your applications to the customer or to your boss or to your company quicker because you were working on their business logic and that's what really I fell in love with. I still think, and in today's world we have Xcode, but back then in the 80s, I got involved in it in 1989, uh, where I became a registered developer with them. And I believe then, as well as I believe now, it is the best developing environment on the planet overall. Uh, I've done some work with Eclipse. I've done some work with uh, you know Java and other things like that, and I've got nothing against it. But when you have to put something together and you follow the objects that, that Apple gives you or what Next gave you, you're able to understand what's going on. You work in an object-oriented environment just by nature of what it is. So it wrapped it all up in a very, very neat, very, very clean package. And i got to tell you that when they finally introduced storyboards, which is one thing that came around, I was floored because I could never have thought of what was going on. It all makes sense now when we look back. But when we were working on the individual nibs, there was still nothing wrong with that. But now you can lay your entire application out. That was fantastic. So Next was a great beginning. Uh, I really, really was very curious on it, and I fell in love with it. And what we've got going on now is just unbelievable. So it's been an ev evolution uh, over time. And you were in full-time employment there, working for a consultant as a consultant. Uh, when, when did you actually decide to leave and start your own thing? Um, I would say probably I was working for one company. I, I spent a great deal of time in the Next Step uh, environment in investment banking. And with investment banking, it's a very, very fast-paced and highly volatile environment. In other words, you could be doing the greatest job in the world, but if all of a sudden a company at the upper level decides that they want to go ahead and merge or a buyout, there's a good chance you're going to lose your job. So over the course of my career when I was working in investment banking and other kind of applications, uh, I was in telecommunications on one when there's a company called Computer Sharing Services out of Colorado, and I was in uh, the Chicago office, Oak Brook office. Uh, they were bought out by McDonnell Douglas. Well, what do you think happened? They went ahead and reorged, and they brought a lot of stuff back to St. Louis, which is their corporate headquarters. So with that kind of volatility, 
nothing against corporations. They weren't offering me the security that my, let's say my mother or my father or my grandfather had. And at that point I looked once again at technology and I was more interested in the technology than I was in, let's say, a, working for a company. I mean, I've consulted for IBM, AT&T, and all the, a lot of big names like that. I had more fun consulting with them because I was able to go ahead and do the project. If they had another project coming down the road, okay, fine. If not, I'm moving with technology. Somebody else is looking for that. And I go in, and if you take technology like Next Step or in iOS uh, that you've got, whether it be iPad or iPhone or whatever, there's a lot of people wanting to get into it. Uh, you really have a good opportunity as a consultant to be able to help a lot of people. Thereby, you're helping them, but you're picking up technology and you're picking up ideas. Let's say some company works with the maps. Some company works with GPS. Some company works with audio and video. And you're increasing yourself technologically, but also you're helping the company. And that's a win-win situation for both. And that was the kind of thing that kind of attracted me. Because I think people listening to this perhaps are in the situation that you were back before you made the decision to do your own thing. Uh, you know, so maybe it would inspire someone to kind of listen to how you felt at the time. What was what was holding you back from, you know, doing your own uh, your own thing and becoming a, your own independent consultant? Right. You're, yeah, you're correct. It, it, it's a big step and it's a scary step because especially if you're working for a company and you've got that, you know, your benefits and you've got your other stuff and you've got your, you know, I'm going to be here for a while. You have that security and you're kind of afraid. I did have some people at the time come up to me and say, how can you do it? And I go, what? And he says, you can go on a contract. You know, in three months, you're going to be out of a job. I says, well, I already know what my termination date is. So when I get close to it, I can start looking again, you know. Uh, but I had worked for corporations, and it's up to you, uh, you know, the, the developer. Uh, there's nothing wrong with working with them. Uh, I know a lot of people who have been with, you know, some developing companies, oh, 15, 20 years, uh, places that I worked, and it was let go because of reorganizations and mergers and stuff, and they stayed on because they went into a different area. Out of development, they went into management or something like that. Um, it's strictly up to your inner self, and for me... Uh, my, I, th- the thing that really kicked me, uh, to say, I'm going to do this was I followed the technology and that was the strong point. I, I, I put my number one priority in learning new things. Now there's a difference when you're working for a, co- a company versus being a consultant for a company, you can kind of keep up with technology, but there's not that drive that you you know that sense of immediacy that you got to pick up a whole bunch of things. Uh, when you're a consultant and you want to plan to do that and start your own company, that has to kind of be top priority. Even though you're working on a contract, if something comes around, you better get involved in it because pretty soon it's going to be past technology. And I have run across, I was brought into a couple of major corporations to help them out where they had consulting companies and their consulting company built something, but they didn't follow, let's say, Apple. And they were still stuck on 3.25. And when 4 came around, it was a totally different being. And then all of a sudden, you then started having storyboards and, you know, arcing, which is the memory stuff. And and the company, consulting company, was not moving. They're saying, we're going to stay where we are and we're not moving because it's solid. Well, pretty soon, they were starting to have difficulties because they couldn't upgrade properly and the way that it was designed. 
So I was brought in to basically give them over a, a, a new design, a new idea, some sample, let's say, prototypes that were there. And they then made the jump to go ahead and move to the newer operating system and the, and the new objects that Apple gave, mainly because they wanted to keep in touch with technology. So in that case, you know, it took a consultant to be able to jump them ahead. So if you are in consulting, you have to kind of keep, if you want to really do it, you, you keep up with technology. But then when you go ahead and jump into consulting by yourself, you're kind of driven by that anyhow. I, I have really run across hardly anybody who has started their own company or are very, very heavily into, into consulting that is totally ignoring technology. They're just as excited as I am saying like, oh, this is really cool. And let's look at the new videos that come out from WWDC and, and all this kind of stuff. What's going on? Oh my gosh, this is so cool. So there's this energy that you have and that drives you. If, if you don't, or you're afraid to do that, that's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, but if you are interested in it, you have to be able to take that leap and also, I always say, uh, a, a lot of the contracts I do now, I work out of my home, which people say, oh, that's really great. But remember one thing, when you work out of your home, you're in your office 24-7. And that you have to realize, too, because even though you're maybe off hours or let's say it's past 5 o'clock or, you know, late and even, you're always thinking, and there's your office. So you start tinkering. So you may be up to 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And certainly, if you're going to write a book, you're going to be up to 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Guaranteed. Well, I, I heard a story where so, somebody working in their home decided to pay their neighbor to use their neighbor's office or their neighbor's uh, attic. And it was the uh, walking next door kind of gave a separation from work and home. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes, I, I agree. There is there is the tendency. You'll be laying you know, late at night at bed, maybe 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, sleep, and all of a sudden... Oh, this idea pops up. You hop up. You go sit there down to your desk and you start plugging away. You know, and your family's going like, "What's up now?" You know, <laughs> there it is. You know, <laughs> well, I think that's impossible for anyone to ignore now because with iPhones and iPads sitting next to you, it's uh, you know, you're kind of twenty four seven into into it. But I guess you know what really interested me about that story that you were uh, kindly sharing with us is uh, the fact that you did make the plunge and you, you you kind of went for it. And what gave you the credibility was the fact that the fact that you wrote a book at the time was that the necessary step to give you the credibility to be a fully fledged consultant working for your own terms yeah i would i that did help um it helped more on the because next step was new um it was out there uh but it was you know being slowly rolled out because the ones that were doing was investment bank banking that was going everybody was doing because the machines were expensive um but the book did give credibility on the interviews. Um, they would ask me a certain question. I'd give some examples. And they say, well, can you show me an example? And I said, well, I can either show you on the machine or, and I whip out my book. And it wasn't from a point of being, you know, arrogant or anything. I was just saying, you know, here, look at this chapter. Take a look at these examples. You know, do they meet with what your you know, company is looking for? So the book did give credibility. Uh, there's no question about it. I did have a difficult time trying to get into a company. As a matter of fact, when I was writing the uh, Next Step book, uh, originally it was going to be 20 chapters. And um, one of the chapters uh, that I wrote was uh, dealing with uh, graphics and drawing bar charts with um, sliders. So I had like five sliders, and each one of the sliders would have its own separate bar chart. So as you move the number back and forth, a bar chart would grow, you know, be drawn on, on, this, on the other view. 
And I went to go get for an interview because I was still trying. The book hadn't been published yet, but I was trying to get you know, a, a contract or even a job at that point. Cause I wanted to get into vol involved with next step. And, uh, this company it was an investment uh, banking company it was a smaller one. And they said, uh, well, well, there's this new thing called distributed objects. Have you heard of it? And I go, yes, this is, it was just released. I says, uh, I, I looked what I haven't done a whole lot, but it's an object layer in RPC, which is remote procedure call. And I says, I did a lot of RPC when I was in another contract with OS2 and Unix. And he says, well, we're looking for somebody with experience with a distributed object. I says, well, it just came out. I says, you know, it, it, it can be, yeah, I, I can figure it out. There's, there's not a problem with that. No, no, no. We don't think you can do this. Well, I don't, anyone that ever tells you that when you're on an interview, you don't want to work for that company, whether you're going to be a company or a consultant. Uh, even my students, when I teach them, I, I, I never will go up and say, you can't do this. That's the worst thing you can tell somebody and don't believe it. I don't care what level you are in developing don't believe it so i went home and my wife asked me you know what they say and i said well they told me they couldn't do something and she just shook her head and walked out of the room and she said uh what are you going to do and i says you know what i'm going to sit here tonight and i'm going to look at the documentation and we didn't have google or anything like that in those days uh if we wanted to search for something we would do an archie search we would use archie mail and send that out and wait to see what comes back. And don't use a wild card that's going to return you a whole bunch because you're sitting on a 4,800, you know, uh, uh, barred modem. And that's going to take a while to come down. But I went ahead and I got it and I, I figured it out. And I took that bar chart uh, application and I made the uh, um, uh, view that draws the thing uh, the server. And I made about four or five different sets of five sliders and those were the clients. So whatever client had the focus would then, through distributed objects, send the information through to the, to the view, which would draw the bar chart. And I wrote that, and I wrote a sample application. I wrote a chapter. That became my chapter 21. I called up uh, Christopher Denny at Sam's, and I said, hey, can I add another chapter? And he says, as long as it's at the end, that's fine with me. And I said, well, it's a new technology, distributed objects. I want to write it. So I wrote it, and it was part of the book. It was the last chapter in there. And after the book was published, which was probably only about a month or so after I had this interview, I got this email from a person, and they said, thank you so much for your distributed objects chapter. We've been struggling with this thing for about a month, and we haven't been able to get it going. We have all kinds of problems. We just cut and paste your code in there, made a few changes, and it's working. Thank you very much. Well, that was the company that said I couldn't do it. So... In the long run, I was able to help them, even though I wasn't a consultant. <laughs> and you mentioned that uh, you came back from the interview and you spoke to your wife. Uh, what sort of support do you need around you when you are making that decision to leave full-time employment and do something on your own? Well, how important is it, the people around you? Uh, yeah, your, your, your family has got to believe uh, in that. Uh, you, you don't want to go into it and put them in jeopardy of thinking that, you know, this just might not work. Um, it was, a, it was a, a combined decision when I decided to go full-time uh, in consulting and open up Marizette Consulting. Uh, we talked about it. Uh, we looked at the pros. We looked at the cons. Uh, we looked at what the benefits are. We looked at what the problems may be. Uh, and the biggest problem is uh, that I, I faced early on was getting contracts. Uh, you have to have the credibility. And once you start getting the contracts, it becomes a little easier because you have a pedigree of what you've done. But in the beginning, it is kind of difficult. And that's where 
I strongly recommend that if you can get involved in beta testing, if you can get involved in writing stuff, and now in today's world with the iOS stuff, you know, definitely start, you know, putting applications in the app store. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that because anyone, uh, I guess, trying to get into the, um, you know, the, the world nowadays, what's the best way of getting credibility? Because clearly people will be listening to this saying, I can't write a book. That's going to be way, way. <laughs> You don't want to write a book. You get gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what would you suggest to perhaps the younger generation listening to this and thinking they want the same credibility, they want to be able to get these contracts and what, what uh, would be the best way of going out and get, getting that credibility? I mean, the best way uh, of getting something is to try and get a full-time job initially if you can. But that's kind of hard to do because nowadays they really want to see something in the store. Uh, what I strongly suggest, and I even tell my students this when I teach, because um, I call it my six-week program. And it's not that you're going to be you know, uh, you know, lifting weights or anything like that. But I say for the six weeks that you do, I said, you know, especially after leaving the, co- the, the college class that I teach, um, is I'll say after this class, go over all the examples that we went through the class, all the programs, all the applications that we had. And there's, there's even stuff in iTunes store uh, that you can go ahead and, and, and uh, certain universities will have courses. Download that stuff. Go to the WWDC videos and download that stuff. They also give you some source code. You know, take a look at this stuff. And then the first thing you do in the first three weeks of the six-week thing is to understand what they're doing and then try and recreate those applications without cheating and looking. You know, do the study initially and then say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm not saying you do it by heart, but use the reference material that Apple gives you. Do that. Don't just go look at the code and just copy it or cut and paste. Even if you want to pair it that, you know, be do exactly what they have. I never encourage anybody, and this goes back to days back in Fortran and all that stuff, I never, ever cut and paste, even if the, even if the, uh, the code that came with the book was on a floppy disk. I would always type it. And I always say that, and I tell that to my students, is that when you type it, you're going to type and make some errors. Okay? And then you can always go back to the code that works and look and find out what's going on, and you can find out, oh, I forgot a semicolon. Oh, geez, I didn't use a capital, or it's not case-sensitive. You know, that way, you are learning the errors that you're going to make when you're writing something from scratch. That in itself is an education. So within those first two or three weeks, I strongly encourage any examples that you can find. And Apple's got tons of examples up there. Don't worry so much about the exact code as being there. You can learn it in that, but just try and type it in and get used to the system. At that point, after those three weeks, two and three weeks of doing that, where you feel real confident and you can take a concept that you've studied and I can write the program, I can write something similar to it, try and modify those programs. So if it's asking for first name, last name, and phone number, add an address. Add something else on there. Try and add some ideas. Oh, it'd be nice if I could do this. Thereby, you're modifying something. You're starting to use your own idea. Do that for about a week or so of just modifying. And then you're going to be entering your fifth week. And on your fifth week, go up to the iTunes store. Look at some applications that you think are pretty cool. If it's games, there you go. If it's not, if it's a checkbook thing, there it is. If it's a shopping cart thing, you know, whatever it is. And then take a look, and if they're especially if they're free, there's a lot of them that are free. Download them, run them, and try and figure out what they're doing. Oh, here he's using a scroll view. 
Oh, he's using a button. That's got to be an IB action. Or, oh, look at their, their IB outlet. Oh, and I bet you he did this. Look how this goes. We're in navigation. So you can start picking apart what they're doing from a functional standpoint. And then in your sixth week, write something. I don't care how great it's going to be, but write something. More than one view, at least two or three views, and then see at whatever your idea is. Why? Because the business logic, which is the application's purpose, you already know. So you're, there's not going to be no questions on where you want to go with this thing. It's all going to be strictly Xcode, Objective-C, whether it be property list, core data, mapping, GPS, whatever it's going to be, that technology. Thereby, you're now starting to get the idea and the experience on looking up something and trying figuring it out. And then after that six weeks, really sit serious on a real app that you'd like to have for the store. Remember, you've already had one week of looking at the store to try and mimic things, and you've had one week of trying to write something or modify something outside the other four weeks. Really sit back and try and develop something. And then at that point, I then encourage you, unless you are going to deploy a device or something like that, then to spend the money on the $99 to join the thing. Unless you are going to immediately deploy something, I don't encourage you to spend the $99 immediately because your first, let's say, month and a half or so may just be trying to figure things out. And if you can develop something really quick, that's great. But it's a month and a half you could have saved if you didn't. If you want to, that's fine and dandy because you have to deploy to a device to do memory checking. And also, if a certain GPS things are out there or other things that are out there, you're going to want your device out, you know, to run it, run it on there. But... And just in terms of, actually, Gene, I was just thinking in terms of uh, perhaps people setting up on their own, would you recommend they register the app for the App Store or for a developer account on their own name or uh, in a business name? Um, To tell you the truth, it's all done by an Apple ID. And actually, my Apple ID is just a regular email address that I have, uh, uh, just a natural one. So you can have one with your company. It's not that critical. So whatever you feel comfortable with is fine. I, I don't really have any preference for that yeah, at all. I think because I, uh, I registered outside the U.S. and it took me a while to actually register. And the reason being is it was a non-U.S. company and they needed uh, uh, some um, Brad, Bradford uh, numbers. Some oh, Dunn's, a Dunn's, yeah, Dunn's number? That's it, Dunn's yeah. number. And I had to... Don't even worry about that unless you're going to do a business-to-business. I mean, for, for the average guy... Uh, uh, if he's going to develop an app, um, you know, uh, at least the people that I know have developed the app out of their own account, even though it's a company, they're not worried about the business, the, you know, the B2B, the business to business. They're developing an app with iTunes connect and they're putting it up into the, into the thing, hoping to sell. And, uh, if they don't sell it, they can give it away free with in-app purchases if they want to. If you're going to get into developing for corporations, that's a kind of a different ball game that, that I've done that before. And I've usually encouraged the company itself uh, to get an enterprise account, and then they set me up as a you know premier developer under their, under their enterprise account, and I develop for them, and I, I generate an ad hoc, and then I deliver that along with the provisioning profile, and they distribute that to their their employees. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I would just say you know the Duns number is great if you're going to do business to business. But a lot of times I did one, I just finished one application not too long ago, which is for real estate people, and it was going to go into the store. Now it's going to be free. That means that anybody can download it, but you have to have an account with them in order to use it. 
and you can sign up if you want to, but it's geared up that way. So you just all of a sudden can't load it and start tearing into data and stuff like that. So there's a number of different opportunities that you can do with the store. So you've been a, a successful consultant now for quite a number of years. You took the plunge. What, what personal habits do you have uh, that get you through, uh, you know, get the contracts? What could you share with the audience uh, in terms of what you do on a daily basis that perhaps forms a, a habit that makes you so successful? Uh, daily, I always look at all the resources that are available, the job boards and everything, the, you know, um, uh, searches, web searches and stuff. Uh, what What's going on in the iOS world? iOS, iPhone, uh, iPad jobs. And I take a look at everything that's out there. And I don't do it mainly because I'm going to apply for them, but it lets me know what the companies are doing. Uh, when I first started consulting, I would go ahead and I would send, this is way before what we have today, I would go ahead and I would send for information on what is what does the job op, you know entail? What are you looking for? This gives me an idea of what technology to follow. So if all of a sudden, let's say with iOS, you're finding that there's a lot of stuff going on in core data, <clears throat> well, guess what? Beef up on core data. Start writing some sample applications on there. Look some resources. Do the reading in the, in the, the manuals and stuff. That way... As a daily thing for me, I'll take a look at the stuff what's out there. If there's something I don't understand, uh, then I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to uh, take some time out of my day later on when I have a little time and start running some sample apps to see if I fully understand it. Uh, I'll go on Apple's. Um, it's another thing that I'll do is I'll go and see what's new on the uh, source code releases from Apple in the developer center. And if I see some new dates on it, I download it. And then first thing I do is I run it to see what it does. And then second of all, I look at the code because I'm trying to guess what's happening. And then I take a look at the code, and either I was right or wrong, or, wow, this is something new. A lot of times, Apple code is very, very technical, and what I'll do is I'll try and simplify it. Um, that doesn't mean that it's going to be something I'm going to go ahead and use as release. Let's say that they've jumped, uh, uh, there's a technology that's there called blocks, and let's say the code is just full of blocks. Well, that's fine and dandy, but I'm going to try initially to take it out of blocks not from a point of this is what I want to do, but to try and understand that piece of code that's going in there and run it. It's inefficient. I, you don't want it on the main thread. You want to follow, you know, Apple stuff. Use the main thread for GUI stuff. But in order, if you don't understand blocks, you'll look at it and you're saying like, "What's all this syntax stuff? What, what's all this, this these curly braces?" And I don't really. And you may get discouraged and go away from it. No, take a look at the code and see if you can type that code in and see if it can work. Like I said, not to something that you're going to release as a product or to think, but to understand the technology. Once you understand that piece of code that's in there, then you can take a look and see what's going on in the block because now you're familiar with the code. If you're going in there and you're seeing the blocks and the code, that's two things to tackle at once, and I've never done that. I've always taken and I've extracted something out to study that, and then I go back in to study the next thing along. So there's a little bit of order when you're trying to learn something, right? And all of a sudden, you're just jumping in and saying, oh, because I'll even get overwhelmed sometimes with some of the new stuff coming out from Apple. And that's when I go ahead and try and simplify it. That is excellent. I've been writing that down. I've t taken away from that. that certainly, one thing I never gave any thought to, and you've opened my eyes, uh, is the fact that you look at job boards to actually assess the demand in the marketplace uh, for the types of, uh, I guess, skills and talents that the corporations are looking for. Before we bring this to an end, I mean, uh, clearly very knowledgeable, Gene, on all this stuff. Uh, 
So people listening to this may be in the position that you were when you decided to take that plunge and go and follow your passion and set up on your own, because that truly is the only way to, uh, I guess, get the freedom uh, uh, to, to do your own thing. If you, I mean, I ask this question to quite a lot of the guests that we have on. If you could possibly go back and sit down with uh, Gene Backlin of the, the, the time when you're just about to make that decision to start up on your own, what piece of advice would you give yourself? What would you say to yourself? Uh, I would probably say um, work. Uh, there's a statement I tell my students, work hard to be lazy. And what that means is that do all your homework up front. By the time your application comes around and even you're designing your application, it should flow in a very easy and lazy manner. In other words, you don't want to spend a great deal of your time after the thing's developed. You want to do all your work up, up front. Work hard to be lazy. That In the end, your application flows, and it doesn't give you the headaches that you would have if you didn't do that work up front. And that work is, once again, going on finding out what's available, studying the code that's there. You know, I make it sound like it's easy because I did it a long time ago, but there were many, 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 many 24-hour days. I mean, there was some time I was trying to get something done. I look at the thing and say, oh, it's 3.30 in the morning. I'll, I'll give it one more half hour. Oh, it's 4.30 in the morning. I'll, I'll give it one more half hour. Next thing, the, the sun's up and the birds are chirping. You know, it, you're, you're, it's going to cost you. The cost that you have is the time you spend up front, and that's studying it, working it. There's no easy way out of it. And if I would talk to myself, you know, in the beginning and I'd look at myself doing it, I would just assure myself as, yeah, the hard work, while it's really, you know, you're saying to yourself, why am I up at four o'clock in the morning doing this stuff? I would just pat yourself on the back and say, don't worry, it's going to pay off. And it will. Uh, even writing the books, um, uh, all the time that went into there, the deadlines, the hassles. And in the, in the 1995 book, the, the, the Next Step book, we didn't have the internet. Now everything's delivered in a PDF by FTP. Uh, in those days, it was all delivered to me in paper via FedEx. I have to mark it up with a red pen and then send it back to them FedEx. It was all, everything was FedEx and everything was done on paper. So, I mean, and, and you, you, you get to a point where it comes near the end and you have to approve everything because it's going, the next step is going to press and all the editors have looked at it, all the stuff you've looked at it. And you got to go through it one more time to catch that thing, because if you don't catch it, it could be disastrous for the book. And you don't want that because that's just as bad as a bad application with a bit with ratings and stuff. But I would just look at myself and just saying, don't worry, the time that you're spending, the effort you're spending, and in some case, in my case, the money I was spending, I mean, my next step turbos cost me six grand a piece. I still have them. So, I mean, I had to really assure my wife that I knew what I was doing in those days. And I told her, I just told her, I said, I, I promise I will make it pay. Yeah, at and least it wasn't we'll, we'll cars. <laughs> yes. You know, Could so that was a big challenge. I mean, you have to invest your time. You have to invest sometimes money. But nowadays, I mean, I tell people if they're looking to get into iOS programming, pick up a Mac Mini. That's your cheapest investment that you can do, if, especially if you have a keyboard and a terminal and a mouse around. It's like about five or six hundred bucks. Yeah, I, you know, my like I said, my next step turbo. One of both of them were six thousand dollars a piece. That was twelve grand up front. You know, now I could spend twelve hundred and get two of them. So there's a big difference, but you're going to have to make the investment. But if you do it right and you really are dedicated towards it and you really work your your tail off, uh, 
it, it should. And don't get discouraged um, if somebody comes up and says, especially if they come up and say, you can't do this. Please, please, please don't believe them. You can if you work hard enough. Yeah, no, I've taken all through, I guess, the discussion now that there's certain principles that perhaps you need to stick to. And if uh, a company doesn't allow you to to follow your heart and do uh, and tells you not to do something then you should kind of walk away from those those contracts but also i think that people listening to this will be inspired by your story because you're someone who, you did uh, take the decision to start up on your own and you've you've obviously got a long track record of doing that you've been successful in that so anyone kind of listening to this can take you know reassurance that it it, it can be done and you know, it's just kind of taking the, the next step, I guess. And always, always work with your clients. I mean, always make them feel that, you know, and this is the truth, too, that their business, that their opportunity, that their, your job that you're doing for them is your top priority. And always keep in touch with them. Don't bury yourself in a hole. If you have an issue, bring it to them and say, okay, here's what I've got. But don't go up there and say, I got this problem. What are you going to do about it? No, I've got this problem and I have these alternatives. And these are the cost of each way we go. If we go this way, this is how it's going to affect it. If we go that way, this is how it's going to be affected. If you go that way, this is how it's going to be affected. Now, you tell me what is in your best interest with the company. As long as they understand that you are really you know, behind them and with them, even though you're a consultant... You're with them. You're gonna you're gonna get another job, or you're gonna get another contract, or you're gonna get a great reference. Because every customer that I've always worked for, no matter whether it goes back when I was an employee or when I was in my own business, they can always say, "Hey, you know, sometimes this didn't work the way we originally planned, but what we ended up with was a lot better." You know, because. Gene brought up this one idea and said, you know, if we go this way, guys, we could face this down the road. Don't be afraid to bring that up to your clients. They'll really appreciate it. They're paying you not only to write code, but they're paying you for your expertise on putting together their business logic into this platform, whether it be iPad or whatever it's going to be. So before we bring it to an end and say goodbye, Gene, is there anything you'd like to share that perhaps we haven't touched upon? Uh, Is there anything we've missed? I don't think so. Um, it's been a wonderful ride. Um, I'll relate one final story. And uh, my grand, yeah, my grandfather on my father's side, uh, he was a uh, typesetter uh, for R and R Donnelly in Chicago. And R and R Donnelly was the world's largest pu- pub- publisher in the in, in the well, in the world. World's largest is world. And he was a typesetter. And he used to tell me when I'd go and visit him, he'd say, "Hey, you know, Gene." I got to tell you something. I'm watching the printing industry evolve. And it's got to be the greatest thing in the world. Because when he finally retired in the 60s, the computerization was starting to come around. Well, he was all manual. He could read a newspaper upside down faster than he would normally because that's how you typeset from the lower right to the upper left. And so he'd be sitting there in a mall reading it upside down. People going like he thinks he's nuts, but he was actually reading it. But he, he would tell me, he says, Gene, he says, this is the greatest thing that's out there, to be able to watch technology grow and be a part of it. And I, as a little kid, I always would say to him, yeah, Grandpa, that's great, that's really great, that's great, that's great, that's really fun, Grandpa, goodbye, you know. And not being rude, but it was just stories. And then I got involved in computers in the 70s. And I've watched it all evolve and been a part of it. 
And now I can look and know what he felt. And so, of course, I tell my kids, and I see myself because my kids say, yeah, Dad, that's right. Mm -hmm, Sure, that's fine. That's really cool. So it's a double thing for me, but that's been the greatest thing, what he used to tell me. You know, I've got degrees, and I've got certificates, and I've got everything. They're all sitting in a drawer. I have one thing mounted on the wall that I work in, and that's his 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 certificate for his apprenticeship back in 1929 for becoming now an apprentice and a typesetter. That's the thing I'm proud of is because he told me the things and I can relate to that. And so that's what I got hanging on my wall besides pictures of my kids, you know, drawings and stuff like that, because I really, really felt here's a guy that watched it all happen. I'm a person who watched it all happen and was a part of it. And that has been, it has been such a great ride. Uh, it's why I still do it. Most of the people that I started out with, they either went into management, uh, they went into something else. One guy went out to Florida and, and opened up a business spraying t-shirts, you know, with the air spray and the stuff like that. Uh, I still continue to develop. Why? Because it was fun for me. If you don't enjoy it, it's not going to get any better. If you do enjoy it, those rough times, it's going to make it worth it. Well, one thing I hear time and time again is that uh, people are looking for a purpose in life and, and something that brings meaning. And, and hearing you talk about that is just kind of reinforced the fact of why we work in technology, because it, it is something that you can get passionate about and does move society forward and does some great things. And to be part of it is just fantastic. So I've thoroughly enjoyed this chat, Gene, and and I would love to ask how people... uh, connect with you how can we reach out with you how how can we get in touch with you what's the best way um believe it or not uh i'm on facebook (laughs) right okay Uh, not to throw any plugs i I did it anyhow i've never heard of that website what's that facebook yeah yeah it's something that's i guess a new fad Uh, (laughs) my kids introduced it to me and, and they're off of it now and i'm still stuck on it um, but, um, the, I'm also on LinkedIn also, but the easiest way is, uh, G Backlin at Marizak.com as G B A C K L I N at Marizak M as in Mary, A R I Z A C K.com. And feel free to send me any kind of emails you want. If you have some questions, uh, if, uh, you have any, you know, stopping points, I can't guarantee your listeners that I'm going to take a look at everybody's piece of code because I also do teach too. Uh, but if you are stuck on something, I can at least say, okay, well maybe we've got this. Or if you have, Hey, I don't know where to go from here. Feel free to send me an email. Uh, I can't guarantee it's going to be immediate yeah, response, but I usually try and get back to people, uh, within a few days or so. But feel free to send me any kind of that you want. Well, that's great. Very kind of you, Gene, and I've appreciated your time. We've uh, almost hit the hour there, so I'm going to um, say goodbye to you now. And I, I thank you very much for just kind of sharing all the, the stories and and just reminding us as well that we, you know, th- things have moved forward. And it's only until you look back that you realize just how far we've come and how much we take for granted now. <laughs> so, yes. And 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 the final word to all your your listeners out there, you know, uh, believe in yourself. And that's the key. That's a great note to end it on. So thank you, Gene. And I will hopefully uh, get another chance to talk to you in the near future. Uh, Thank you so much for asking me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. And if you do have any ideas on who we should interview, please send that email to info at onemob.com. That's info at O-N-E-M-O.
www.thepodcastnetwork.com. 